0: Well, uh, how was Pastor Kelly last week? Is is he a keeper? (laughs) I know he blessed you. Uh, some of us guys were over, um, let's see, I was over at the church Sunday morning. The guys were with, some of us went Friday night and Saturday morning, and, uh, Pastor Jerry, uh, was in town, and he did the keynote speaking and had a couple of doctors talking about men's health. And there were, I think, what, six, seven, eight of us on the panel and uh, talked about a lot of things. And uh, it was great. And I preached Sunday morning at Remnant Church in Midwest City. So uh, one of my spiritual sons over there, Pastor Anthony Heron, going to have to call him doctor pretty soon. You know, he and his wife both have two masters, and now he's working on his doctor. I said, you're going to have more letters after your name than you do in your name. But you've got to hand it to him. He's, he's just a whiz. He, uh, he's burning. He's uh, going to ORU online. and uh, he's, he's got a good school to go to. But praise the Lord. Man, it's good to see you all. It's good to be home. You know, I came in Sunday morning for 15 minutes just to be in y'all's worship. So uh, I wanted uh, to have that to top me off. And uh, you done good. Praise the Lord. I'm going to get this off the table. In fact, I think what I'll do is unplug it. And if we need it, we need it. We don't, we don't. Hallelujah. Glory to God. What else? Oh, Pastor Kelly, get your mic out. We have somebody that's going to stand up right this minute and give a testimony about tracks. Who is it going to be? Okay, please. The righteous are bold as a lion. Yes,
1: they are. Yeah, I
0: was bold as a lion when I gave them the tracks. <laughs> I had two guys come to my door this morning, and uh, they live somewhere down the street, I think, in one of those rehab houses, and so they were coming and they waited for me to get ready because I told them, well, I, I wasn't dressed, and so they waited, but they were trying to see if I'd lost a puppy. And so I got to talk to them, to ask them if they knew Jesus as their savior, wasn't my puppy, you know. And uh, I also, they said they did, but I gave them two tracks. Great. And they were Uh, glad to receive those. And I told them, if you want to sometime, you can come and visit our church. amen. Amen, praise the Lord. That's a doggone story. I want to encourage you. Uh, if you haven't been coming to Wednesday nights, we're doing a special. Uh, we did. We started off this week and did first first one, but it'll pick up uh, from there. And we're doing a study on Genesis, but we're looking at five different stories in the book of Genesis. Last week we did Adam and Eve. This week it will be Adam. Excuse me, Abraham, Hagar, and Sarah. And that'll be a very interesting one. And then the third week is Abraham and Isaac. And then the fourth one is Jacob and Esau. And the fifth one is Joseph. And this is a different perspective. We're doing a DVD, 35 minutes or so. And then we're asking a few questions. And I want you to know everybody here last week, everybody that was there last Wednesday night, everybody made a hundred on the test. Yeah. Yay! Yeah, so that's cool. Uh, I won't be here Wednesday night, but you will. And uh, P- Pastor Kelly and Reverend Hine will be uh, helping you on that. I'm actually having a little, dent- a little dental surgery in the morning. And so uh, I'm going to be out for this week, basically out of the office. So they're uh, doing some things that you don't want to hear about, but anyway, it's no, it's no biggie. It's just just helping me. So when I'm 120, I'll still have all my teeth. Amen. Hallelujah! Go to glory with all my teeth. Amen. Uh, next Sunday is going to be Pastor Kelly. Also, I exp- I will be here, but I. I'm going to check him out, you know, a little bit you know, and, and live. You know, I don't know. Brad could have doctored that tape, you know. It was on, online that he did. So uh, I think after all these years, be quiet on the front row. Uh, after all these years, if I can't trust him, man, I can't trust anybody. And then we're going to dismiss uh, at the end of the message for those of you that are going to be involved in baptism. And we'll give you time to get changed and everything. So we're going to have a baptism, baptism, Amen. not a Baptist, a baptism. Yeah. If anybody asks the question, we're Bapticostals. Okay. So, okay. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I, I believe this is a special day. Of course, every day with you is special. And um, when we look into your face, everything changes for the radiance of your smile. I love that radiance of your smile. Thank you for being here in the midst of every one of us. Thank you for taking charge, Holy Spirit. And doing everything that you want done the way that you would have it done. I read about Balaam and the donkey in the Old Testament, so I know you can use people. God, you're awesome. And that word scratches the surface only, but it's about the best one I can think of. And we recognize your awesomeness. And we thank you that your heart is here with us today as you, Holy Spirit, bring forth inspiration, which will bring forth transformation which will bring forth a manifestation in our lives. To God be the glory and thank you so much for counting us as children of God. In the name of Jesus and everyone said, amen. Amen. We're gonna do something different this morning, yay. (laughs) Pastor Kelly is gonna go around the room with a mic and he is going to ask people to say one word that has a biblical connotation or biblical it's in the bible or it's something about something in the bible and then we're going to speak on that one word for 30 seconds or 15 minutes whatever it is and he's going to go to somebody else and go to somebody else and go to somebody else okay so this is your opportunity this is not a QA, but it's real close to that because what we're doing this morning is we're just letting the holy spirit kind of take over and and say the things that he wants to say about those particular words. Now, you know, I don't count on my brain knowing everything, because it doesn't. It's a little bitty pea in the universe. But Holy Spirit knows it all. And I also have some cheat sheets up here. So um, let's just let's try this out and see how you like it. Okay. And so uh, get your word and signal at Pastor Kelly and he will come to your seat and if you will stand up give him that one word and then we'll see what we can come up with
1: I'll sit next to him no
0: (laughs) Jehovah Jireh Jehovah Jireh okay it's actually it's actually a compound it's got a dash in it yeah yeah I saved you right there brother okay uh that's that's good um that brings out several things so let's break it down break the word in half take the uh dash out uh jehovah is what we have used in the past to mean the one lord god the one who is was and evermore shall be the one who's outside of time space and matter we've kind of gone a little closer to the original Hebrew which nobody really knows and we're using Yahweh but Yahweh is Jehovah Jehovah is Yahweh okay now back in the 80s and 90s nobody heard of Yahweh then it was all Jehovah and there's even a song that said Jehovah Jireh and uh it's really Yahweh Yireh that's the way you should pronounce it (laughs) so uh as if it makes any difference because God still knows who he is. (laughs) Amen. But Jehovah is the one God, the one true living God. And Jireh or Ure actually means the Lord shall provide. And you'll find it in Genesis when Abraham was going to slay Isaac, his son, and present him as a sacrifice. And Abraham said, the Lord will provide. Okay, so it's a provision from the one true living God to us. And we know that in the New Testament, Paul uses in Philippians 4, my God, my God, he had a personal relationship with him, right? Shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. Honey, if that doesn't slam at home, I don't know what will. So the Lord is our provider He gives, first of all, you know something? You're breathing his air right now. (laughs) He provides everything that there is for us that is good, and we have this option to actually receive it or not. Okay? So we receive by faith, and he gives graciously, abundantly. According to his riches and glory? Oh my gosh. So God is not chintzy, but he is a good steward. Okay? Does that help? Okay. Next. You have to stand up. I don't hear you if you're sitting down.
1: Allotment. What's that? Allotment.
0: Allotment. allotment, allotment, allotment. You don't have a th on there, do
1: you? A l l o t m e n t.
0: Okay, you have to say it.
1: Your allotment. school teacher, remember?
0: <laughs> that's uh, that's good. I think I know what the generic meaning is, but from the Bible, that may be very interesting. Here you go, Benny, you stumped me right off the bat, um, because I think I think I could answer it, but I'm not sure I would be answering it correctly. We've got to get the church mouse here. I don't like touchpads. And every one of you is thinking of what an allotment is. I know you are. Now, Benny, when you look something like this up, it's going to be Hebrew or a little bit of Armenian or Chaldean whichever you want to call it, in the Old Testament. And it's going to be Greek in the New Testament. Translated in the Old Testament is a word, it's called Chebel, C-A-G-B-E-L. And it says a cord, a rope, a tackle, a measuring line, a measurement, an allotment, a portion, or a region. Cognates of this word appear in Aramaic, Syriac, Ethiopic, Arabic, Arabic, I should say, Akkadian, the word appears about 50 times in the Old Testament. So you didn't know I was going to get into all that, did you? Now let's do this too. Um, My computer's kind of acting up a little bit this morning. Does that answer your question or not? allotment is a share, a portion, something given to you uh... if i've got ten dollars in your allotment is five dollars a week then i give you five dollars a week that's an allotment okay does that make sense are you sure? okay and um, i'm not really sure i'm gonna actually re- mute, reboot my computer for some reason It's uh, this software system that got the Bible on, so I've got about 10,000 things in it. Okay, Pastor Kelly, who's next? Joy. 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 I got that joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. I got that joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart to stay, oh I'm so happy, so very happy, I've got the joy, I'm so happy, so very happy, I've got the love of Jesus in my heart, I've got that faith in my heart, down in my heart, down in my heart, I've got that peace that passeth understanding down in my heart. Down in my heart to stay Now I hold it. I've got that faith that moveth mighty mountains, down in my heart. Yeah, down in my heart. Down in my heart. I've got that faith that moveth mighty mountains, down in my heart. Down in my heart to stay <laughs> Joy is not happiness though joy is a fruit of the spirit in galatians 5 where it gives the fruit of the spirit love joy peace long-suffering gentleness goodness faith meekness and temperance against such there is no law so you know it depends on how you read that you could read it as nine fruits of the spirit or you can read that as everything flows out of love which when doc was here that's the way he shared it and i kind of like that um We rebuke people for not walking in love, but do we rebuke them for not walking in joy? Mm. You see, joy is there no matter what your circumstances are, okay? I'm just under the circumstances. What are you doing under the circumstances? Get on top of those things. Get some devil juice on the bottom of your feet, okay? So the joy of the Lord in Nehemiah says is my strength, my strength. So if you're not a bodybuilder, you should be a word builder because it's much better. So, you know, you could you can look like Kenneth in the word, you know, big, strong muscles, ripping on his muscles, got a muscle there and go along with it. But that's uh, that's what I would say about joy. Is that good? Okay, praise the Lord. Uh, there's no telling what's coming now. Yeah. He says you well,
1: only you one.
0: <laughs> Obedience. 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 Obedience comes from the word obey, and it's better than sacrifice. That's one thing about it. It's better than sacrifice, and that came out with uh, um, Saul when he went in and. Uh, Tried, you know, the Saul in the Old Testament, the king, the first king of Israel. And he went in and he was supposed to take over his country and bring and kill them all, including the beast. And he decided to save a few of the good ones, took sacrifice to the Lord. But that cost him his throne because he didn't obey. Okay? And that's where obedience is better than sacrifice came in. Because a lot of times, we as Christians know that God is merciful. And so what do we do? We think, oh, well, if I just did that one more time, or if I, I'm not really sure if that's sin or not, but I want to get over there closer to it, or whatever the case may be, then, then I'll get on my knees and ask the Lord to forgive me because he'll forgive me. Well, that's intentional, willful sin. <laughs> and watch it. You know, when we ask God for forgiveness, that is a sacrifice. Uh, The Old Testament, they had to slay an animal of some kind depending on what it was and how much wealth they had. But to obey is better than sacrifice. And the obedience to the Lord is giving ourselves totally to him instead of us holding on to that part of it. Is he enthroned in our heart? Is he, is he on the throne of our hearts, or is he kind of sitting on the outside edges there? Yeah, well, he's in my heart. There's a little chair over here at the side of the heart. He needs to be enthroned. And so that's very important. As you know, if you've been around here very long, I love the revival of 1905 Wales, and Evan Roberts led that. And Evan Roberts had some real simple things that he did in that revival, the revival which ran around the world. And every revival in the world that happened in the next 70 years would be out of that revival in Wales, went all over the world. And he said that there were several things that he said we had to do for revival. And one of them was immediate obedience. It's like, oh, Lord, I'll, I'll do that. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it next week. And I've told a little story before, but I, I think that needs bearing right now. Some years ago, um, I was in my car uh, driving down a road that I d- drove all the time. And it was Christmas time, first part of December. There's a Christmas tree lot on a vacant lot. And this young man was out there selling Christmas trees, or at least supposed to be selling. Hey, I don't think he sold too many. Anyway, I drove past it, and the Lord says, Just impress me. That's somebody you need to go tell about Jesus. And I I said, sure, Lord, I'll I'll be by here tomorrow and I'll do that. That didn't stop. As I went further away from it, the Lord was impressing me even more. Go back and talk to him. Go back and talk to him. And because God is so good, and because I had learned to listen to his voice, maybe not quite quickly as I thought it should have been sometimes, I went ahead and realized, I need to go talk to that young man now. So I made a U-turn, went back, went to the lot. He wasn't with anybody, standing there waiting for customers. He was about 21 or so. And I walked up to him. and just started talking to him. Blah, 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 blah. And then um, I just asked him, I said, you know, let me ask you a question if I can. He said, sure. I said, God forbid something happened to you today. Like a train run over you or something. Would you wake up in heaven or hell? And he goes, I'm not sure. I said, well, you're honest. So I gave him the gospel. Told him how much God loved him, what he did to be able to get his son to bear the burden of his uh, sins. And how God made the great exchange. He took all of my sin, put it on Jesus the cross, and gave me all of Jesus' righteousness. It's a great exchange. And I use that quite a few times talking to people. And anyway, a few minutes later, I asked him, I said, would you like to make Jesus the boss of your life? I don't say Lord a lot. Sometimes I use both words because a lot of people don't know what Lord means. So I would make the boss your life, to live his way, to be forgiven of all your sins from all the past, have a relationship with the creator of the world, and to be able to know that you're, you have eternal life that you go to heaven should something happen. All of us are gonna die, that's certain. We're all gonna be dead sooner or later in our bodies. He said, yeah, yeah, wanna do that. So we prayed with him. I believe it was, I believe it, there was a conversion made. And he looked up, he had on sunglasses because it was kind of bright outside. He takes his sunglasses off. I love that when they do that. They get saved, take their sunglasses off. It's like, I see the light, <laughs> you know. And uh, he said, you know, there's only two people in my life that I've ever talked to, to about the Lord. My granddad and you. His granddad was a preacher. Yeah. And uh, I said, well, praise God. God knows your heart. God knows what you're looking for. God understands what you need and how much you need him. And just gave him some encouragement. And told him to get in a good church and get in the jar. Jar? John, Acts, Roman. John, the book of John gives you the love and life of God. Acts tells you what the church is supposed to be doing. Romans talks all about redemption. Where all sinners fall short of the glory of God and how to get saved and everything else. So, um, but it was, it was a real heartfelt understanding from him. And so he obeyed the word of the Lord, which came through Donkey Dan and received and made a, a decision in his, in his heart. That's the best kind of obedience that I know. Now, once you're born again, you know, like me, at least God was persistent with me that I got to talk to him. Because the rest of the story is when I came back that next day, that Christmas tree lot had closed down because they weren't selling anything. They moved to another location. If I'd waited till the next day, I wouldn't have gotten to talk to him. Now God would have sent somebody else. Okay. But I got to talk to him. I'm going to see him in heaven. Give me a fist bump. Hey, shiny. <laughs> you know, praise God. Okay, Pastor Kelly. Uh-oh. <laughs> and all the way from the back of the room. Love. Love. Oh, yeah. Woo! God is three things, love, light, and life. Now he has attributes, God is holy, and God is a bunch of other things, but he is love. And God is the only one, Yahweh, Jesus Christ, is the only one in any religion that is love. Now, Allah in Islam says he's love, but we have a problem with that. Sorry about that, Mohammed, you liar. No offense, just saying the truth. If you're offended, swallow it. Allah, who says he's holy, had no one to, no one to demonstrate love. Until he made somebody. This is a very important part of being in the Trinity. Because without the Trinity, there's no love available until creation was made. So Allah got to say that he was love after he made creation, which he didn't, of course. Yahweh, three in one, the Father, Son, and Spirit, loved within the Trinity. So from the very beginning, but God has no beginning. He's always been love, always will be love. And so the love of God is one thing he says he is. And it's one thing that he tells us that we need to walk in love as the Father loved us. We need to be able to share that love. Uh, There's another word I'm going to throw in here. um, Grace. Um, and because grace is, we hear it's the um, uh, the unmerited favor of God. Well, that's like saying an apple grows on a tree. We know it's not a car, it's not a tire, it's not a a river, but it's a tree of some kind. Well, unmerited favor is a, that's a lot of stuff, and so. The truth of the matter is, by reading the Bible and letting the Bible define the word grace, we find out that number one, it's power. Because grace is an empowerment or an ability, an endowment. It makes God, His power, on you to do that which you cannot do or be yourself. So, why am I using it with grace? because grace is also generous it's the generosity of god and if we're going to be like jesus we have to be generous like god is and so god loves us he's got a generous nature and then he empowers us with grace to be able to talk to people to be able to share his love to be able to manifest that righteous as bold as a lion so love bears all things. First Corinthians 13, you're all probably familiar with that word. It never gives up. I told a guy in prison, I said, you know, when you're out, uh, you can come to my desk and I use prison words, but anyway, I said, you can poop on my desk and I'll still love you. And I meant that because he needed that. He didn't have that at all in his life. In other words, no matter what you do, I'm going to love you. David Workerson in the movie The Sword and the Switchblade made back in the 50s when Nicky Cruz comes to him and says, we're going to slash you up. And David Workerson says, you cut me in little bitty pieces and every piece will cry out, I love you. God does the impossible through flesh and blood. That we can love as God loved. And he empowers us through grace to be able to have that ability. And his love constrains us, the Bible says. Love keeps me going into the areas I need to go. Has me doing the things that I want to do with that joy. I'm watching a news story last night from something that wasn't even in Oklahoma. And I started weeping. Because I felt so compassionate for the people that are involved in it. And it's like, this is not fair. Devil, you're out of line here in the name of Jesus. And that's all of that is is just me yielding. Because this old guy didn't yield very much. I was a pretty headstrong. <laughs> I wouldn't always this sweet and lovable. <laughs> but it's like, oh my gosh. The love of God constrains me or compels me and moves me forward and perfect love cast out fear ain't no fear in me praise god i can say that according to god's word and then courage takes over because that's that's an endowment of god god is love and love is probably i guess you would say the strongest word there is because it's, you can use it synonymously with God. You can take God out, put love there, or you take love out, put God there. Amen? Anyone else? Uh-oh, here it comes, he's been saving this one.
1: Uh, faith, wow. he said grace, so faith.
0: How do you spell it? F A. <laughs> Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, it says in Hebrews 11. The substance of things hoped for. Hope is out here. It's something that I want to see happen. It's I have a vision for it, or I have a dream for it, or I have an ambition for it. I've got an inkling for it. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for, the substance of things not seen. Hope stretches out there, and I, when I pull it in by faith, then it doesn't make any difference whether I see it or not. It's here. Right. It's amplified, I believe, says it's a title deed of things hoped for. You'll hear a lot of things about faith if you get on YouTube and listen to all the preachers talk about faith. And they talk about those name-it-and-claim-it people. Well, I'll admit there's some things in the Word of Faith movement that are out there. But the truth of it is, we're supposed to be like Abraham from Romans 4, where it says he called those things that be not as though they already were. Now, the Bible says, don't prophesy beyond your proportion of faith. So if I go out here and start talking cars fly and I get you, you know, give me a yacht. That's not what it's about. It's about God moving on behalf of the people involved. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence, evidence of things not seen. I see it here, not here. I see it here. And I agree with God's word. Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe you have received them, and you will receive them. You will have them. Now, that doesn't mean I can just think of something, concoct something out of my head. and yeah, you know, Hey, Church of Tomorrow's got 25,000 people, and we got this and that. No, that's not God. That's man's dreams or thoughts or stupidity, whatever you want to call it. But we're supposed to take the word of God. And declare it. Declare it. Whatever God says, we can declare that word. Whatever God puts in our heart according to his word, we can declare it. That is faith. That's New Testament faith. And it comes out of confession. Believe in your heart and say it with your mouth. How do you get saved? You believe God raised Jesus from the dead? And confess Jesus as your Lord. For with the heart you believe into righteousness and with confessions it's made into salvation. How are you saved? We're saved, Ephesians 2, 8. By grace through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. Amen. Hebrews 11 again. Whoever comes to God must believe he is and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That's faith. Believe he is. You've got to believe God's God well that's kind of stupid is it okay to find God for me Mm -hmm. so faith is a real doctrine of the Bible and without it you don't get saved without it you don't see the promises unfold for somebody else's. if you're not praying in faith don't pray you know the righteous prayers, excuse me. The effective, fer- the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Thanks. So I was just seeing if they knew it or not. You know. Yeah. Well, are you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, according to 2 Corinthians five twenty one? Are you just a dumb dumb sitting around waiting for the rapture to happen that will never happen? I, I don't care. What, what are you? What are you doing? You know. You just believe God. Reach out there and believe him. Hebrews 11 is great to read. It's called the Hall of Faith. We just put that name on there because it talks about all the men and women of faith. And they, they didn't even receive everything that they were believing for. But their prayers are still working. I have a family member 30 years ago it was hard, cold, pro choice, you name it. Today he told me on the phone he's praying for me. It's called conversion. It's talking about what we did at Remnant last week missing heaven 18 inches. Missing heaven 18 inches. Having the knowledge of God but not being converted. Having a head knowledge, a mental assent, but not having the faith to reach out and receive His grace. You're saved by grace through faith. you got to have God's grace. It's there. He's generous. And then what do we do? We believe it in our heart. We trust in Jesus. Not my confession or my works or what I've done or what I haven't done or how much money I've given or haven't given or how many people I've led to the Lord and not living. There's people in the Bible that says, have we not cast out devils in your name? Have we not raised the dead? Have we not? Have we not? And Jesus says, depart from me, you evildoers. I never knew you. They were doing all the works but they weren't working in faith and they had never been converted because they hadn't applied the faith to the word of God to receive. That's what you call Pharisees and Sadducees and Duncees. Next Light. Light. There's, a, there's another L. Light. Turn out the lights, party's over. See you next week. <laughs> no. God is light. You know what's interesting to me? If you read Genesis, there were certain things that God created that were living and there was no sun. And in that Revelation, go from Genesis to Revelation, front cover, back cover. And it says in heaven, Jesus is the light. The lamb who sits on the throne is the light. We don't need LEDs and a president that tells us how much money we can save if we change our light bulbs, our fans, our cars, and everything else because there's not going to be any shortage. Hallelujah. He is the light. When the, the entrance of your word brings light, your, the, the word of God is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. So there is an enlightenment, if you would. That's a good word coming out of that. An enlightenment when we start reading the Bible and we start praying, worshiping. And the light comes in and reflects who we are. So what do you see in the mirror? Once you know God, then you can start figuring out who you are. Don't try it before then because it's just a mess. He is the light. If you walk in the light as he is in the light, God will forgive your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Mm Mm-hmm. Good question. Good thought. Okay, next. Uh Uh-oh, we got one on the front row. I'm sorry, Kelly. You may not want to get her. You, you, You may want to pass over.
1: Um, reconciliation.
0: Reconciliation. Spell it, Kelly.
1: R e c o n c i l i a t i o n. Reconciliation. Okay. <laughs> I'm in a spelling bee, you know. <gasps> Use that in a sentence, please. <laughs>
0: God is reconciling the world to himself through Jesus Christ. Reconciliation is an extremely important word. It's our mission. It's our mission. to reconcile people to God. You're a minister of... She's the only one that says it. Minister of Reconciliation an ambassador for Christ Jesus, this is not my home. I have a passport for it right now because I have a physical body. When this physical body goes away in 44 years, then I am reconciled to my father in heaven, literally. But we need to reconcile each other. Today, US of A, September 10th, 2023, reconciliation is a lost word. All we want to do is fight, disagree. Ah, Well, that's not my truth. Whoop de doo. We need to be able to talk to people. We need to be able to sit down and have a conversation. I mentioned before I had a talk with a young, young Mormon guy a few months ago. We talked for an hour and 20 minutes about the Bible, about Jesus, about the Lord, and about Mormonism. And what's wrong with it and what's right with Christianity, true Christianity. And we had a good conversation. I didn't yell, he didn't yell. It was, he, and he said... This is the kind of talks that we've got to have. What about transgender issues? Can we talk? Can either side talk about it? Are we just going to, no, that's wrong? The Bible says that's wrong. Well, you've got to affirm them. And just, you know, boom, 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 boom. Why don't we clamp uh, the Hatfields and McCoys? <laughs> Like 22, 22, 38, 38, 45, 45, cannon, cannon, H-bombs. I mean, you know, it just escalates all the time. And nothing gets happened. There are people that are hurting in this world with mental health issues, with many other issues, with financial issues, with physical health, all these kind of things. The church is supposed to be the hospital. And it's the place, the people are the church. The buildings are the hospital building. You don't go to a hospital building if there's not any people in there, (laughs) not any diagnosing equipment or anything. They need to come to the church or we need to go out to them, send me, the reason that song's up there because we're all sent and we need to have the difficult conversations. You know, if you're a parent and you talk to your kids about the birds and the bees, that was not very easy. At least it wasn't for me, but it was necessary. And it helped them. Then I got to do it with other kids. And before you know it, I'm just walking sexopedia. <laughs> but that's the way it is with witnessing too. It, it is. And it's, it's so important that we realize that God reconciled us to himself through the greatest sacrifice that's ever been known, ever will be known. God gave His only begotten son. The only thing he could not duplicate. To die on the cross. Encapsulate him in the body. Died on the cross. And what did he do? Helped everybody. Healed everybody. Destroyed the works of the devil. Did all those things. All of it. And what did we do? People. We killed him. Your sins killed him by the way. Just wasn't those uh, Russians. Romans and pharisees and sadducees and don't you sees reconciliation when you lead somebody to jesus there's not a greater feeling in the world so if you want some good feelings that's what you need to do just to talk to people about the lord makes you feel better yeah i know you're a little apprehensive but that's okay. You can get past it. That's what courage is. Courage is not wiping out difficulties; it's overcoming them. And and you realize, hey, this is an opportunity for me to be generous with people, as God was generous with me, because generosity is key for the Christian witness to be like Him. Reconciliation, taking the hand of God and the hand of a person, put them together. Reconciliation, taking two brothers, sisters in the Lord, or whatever, and bringing them back together. The Bible tells us to reconcile. To reconcile others. To be reconciled to others. To get back together in agreement. There's people that you're not going to, you know, sit down and have a steak with. But you can talk to them. There might be somebody that you're not ever going to see again. There might be somebody you're going to see every day. But have you made an effect? Is your witness, is your lifestyle, is it lining up and showing Jesus? Is there there joy in your heart? Is there love in your heart? Is there the light being emitted? The joy of reconciling parents and their kids. I've done some of that. I want to kill him. <laughs> well, I know it's what your feelings say, but the truth is you don't. You want to reconcile. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's start. Good word. Kelly, you got anything to add to any of these? Okay. What he was saying was, yeah, but we'll be here in another three (laughs) hours. James calls this book a mirror. And uh, we look into it, and it reflects who we are. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, don't raise your hand, but if you consider yourself spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ What does it mean consider yourself lest you fall into the same trap what basically what's talking about there is if i have an opportunity to fix some things and i don't other things are going to happen in my life. It's sowing and reaping. And we do reap what we sow. Unless we've cried out for mercy and meant minute. And then sometimes reconciliation means going to somebody else and saying, I was wrong. I ask you to forgive me. Please. Sometimes that's what it takes. And do you know something? The power of God's released right then and there because there's power in repentance. Don't ever forget that. You repent, change your thinking. There's power in that to be able to enable you to walk in the spirit rather than the strong arm of the flesh. Okay, we're going to take one more real quick, if anybody wants. There's one, there's one. There's one. (laughs) I'm sorry. Let's do happiness. Oh, about oh, that's Galatians, yeah, chapter six, yeah, six one, Galatians. It's due happiness. You have, I can't hear you. let stand up.
1: <laughs> happiness.
0: Happiness. Happiness is a smile on your face, a pep in your step, and it is temporary. Whereas joy. Stays with you. Happiness, God wants you happy. But he wants you to walk in joy because everything, if you hadn't noticed this, everything's not perfect in this world. Somebody going to cuss you out before the week's over probably or at least, you know, send a little birdie your way or something. You know, happiness is fine. But joy is better. Joy is a spiritual force. Happiness is a feeling. Who else? Cammy? I want to hear about authority. Authority. Well, let me tell you a thing, girl. (laughs) Authority. No, that's a great, great word. Authority is... Involves the order that God has placed, and He has just like you know, a good example. I think is male and female. You know, they're they're different. How I many of you all know male and female are different? See, there are people out there who don't know sometimes. You know, or they get them switched over. But that's his. That's the way He's ordered those things. And men have certain things that women don't. And I don't mean to be a joke on that. And women have certain things that they can do and are proficient that men can't do. And so God has given authority to the right people at the right time. And we need to be obedient to what God says about who and so forth. And another example is uh, law enforcement. God's given them authority. But it's below him. And if a police officer tells you to do something that's not lawful or against God then who, who must we obey, men or God? That's twice in the book of Acts. Don't let them... I had a you know deputy sheriff one time tell me, you know, Lord, put some here, you know, da-da-da-da-da-da. The truth of the matter is, you're right. But he also says that I must obey him rather than you, if it comes to that. I'm not talking about being disorderly and anarchy and all that kind of junk. I'm just saying, if it is, there's a way to do it, too and that's very important that we do it we just don't start shooting somebody or pull out a knife and whatever you know that's that's the world's way authority parents have authority over their children and children this is good for you you obey your parents and you'll live well and it'll go well with you the inference there is don't obey your parents And anyway, you're you're toast for the devil. And something there, I'll also add this. Parents have authority over their kids forever on this life. Now, it's different. But nobody can pray for you more than your parents can pray for you. Nobody can pray for your kids more than you can pray for them, other than their own spouse. There is something there still. And I've told parents, I don't know how many times in my life, You'll always be a parent. If you have a child, you'll always be a parent. And a grandparent. And a great grandparent. A dog. Yeah. Very true, of course. The authority of the believer over the enemy. What are what are your uh, the things against you? The devil, the world, the flesh. You have authority over all of them. Yep, In the name of Jesus, yep. the word, the name, the spirit. Okay, you have authority according to the book. Don't try to make your own authority. The seven sons of Skiba. They decided to use the name of Jesus that Paul preached and the devil stripped them down naked and they came running down the road yep. that's kind of embarrassing yep. to have no clothes on running down the road yeah but that's what happens when you try to imitate about Jesus rather than using the name of Jesus that you've been given as a child of the living God authority have authority over my dog if i had one my cat if i had one i've got a i've got a dog actually and he's kind of stuff but anyway <laughs> it's a toy but it's not a real dog it's stuff it's not bullet like roy rogers had there are workplaces the bible says for workers to be obedient to your boss. And it says "Boss, bosses, you got to treat them right. Okay? Just like it does mamas and dads. Don't provoke your children. Okay? But raise them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. The word admonition is not like sweet cakes. Okay? It's a correction, a training. It's good for you. And young people, if you don't obey your parents, it will be bad for you, even if they happen to be wrong. Now, needless to say, you don't do something that's against God, but mom or dad says, get in at 11 o'clock at night, and you show up at 11.45 and say, so what? Well, when I was a dad, you just didn't get your car for a while or some other favorite things you didn't like. So guess what? 10.59, here they are next week or next time, then have a car next week. Is that okay, is that enough, or? Kathy, you had something.
1: Wept. Wept? Wept, W-E-P-T. Weep, cry, wept. Okay,
0: well, I'm waiting for you to say wept. You got it, yeah. Past tense of weep, how's that? Jesus wept, the Bible says. People, and especially you guys, there's time to cry. Your compassion should lead you to that. There's times that we have to be strong for other people. And maybe we hold it back. And then we go somewhere else and let it out. If you don't let it out, it's going to... Blow you up, <clears throat> yeah. or make you hard, hard-hearted. Wept is a sign of a good heart. Somebody who is empathizing with people rather than just saying, "Oh, that's what you get." Told you it's going to happen to you. You dummy! How many times has that something like that been said? maybe in your life instead of going golly I can't believe they did that there's a time to grieve at a loss grieving is a time when you have something that's important to you and you lose it It could be a person, could be a mom and dad a brother, sister, an aunt, uncle parents, whatever, could be your dog if you had one Um, that's for Cammy You know, I, I was a kid, you know, and I lost one of my horny toads, and you know, it was upsetting. I, I didn't bawl, but I didn't feel good for a couple of hours. That's an emotion that God gives you. God gives you emotions. Your soul is mind, will, and emotions. Learn to be controlled properly, but learn not to hold back when it's proper to let it rip. God made my heart a lot softer than it used to be. I used to say, well, that's what they get. Back in the car business a long time ago, 50 years ago, I was a young salesman starting to work for my brother, a car dealership, and he did something. I sold a car and he didn't like the way I did it. it was it harder? I went back to my office and put my foot on, had small, metal desk, put my foot on it, kicked it over. He came running out of his office and there's another salesman, he said, what happened, what happened, what happened? He said, Dan just kicked his desk over. He says, hope he broke his damn leg. (laughs) I didn't, but uh, that's what he thought. He's not that way anymore. And I'm not that way anymore either. <laughs> right? I haven't kicked anything, have I? Okay. Uh, <laughs> Leon goes, uh, What have I got coming? <laughs> no, it's, that was 50 years ago. Seriously, it was over 50 years ago. No, it's about 45 years ago. Yeah, I'm not that old yet. But the change of heart and. God gives us the opportunity to make a lot of changes. And I want you to be able to say that you have wept over a situation that hurts you. And wept it seems like a minor word compared to bawled or screamed or cried out. You know, I know what it's like when I... I didn't lose my wife. I know where she is, but she moved from here to heaven. You know 51 years of marriage 53 years of knowing and you can't explain that to anybody you can't you know tell them how it is or anything Uh, nobody can understand your situation but um, you know it's one of those things that you have feelings and that's fine and you need to go through the grief cycle and if you don't you get stuck in one particular area of that but then it starts going inward rather than outward. So weeping is an expression. That's what Jesus was doing there. When he said, when the Bible says Jesus wept, he was looking over the city. And excuse me, that was uh, that was uh, Lazarus. He wept at Lazarus' grave. There's never been another man as strong as Jesus and there never will be. So strong men can cry, praise God. If you're in baptism, you may be dismissed and prepare yourself clothing-wise. And uh, we'll have the baptism here in just a few minutes. Pastor Kelly, would you please come take over? Thank you all so much for being attentive.
1: Uh, never let it be said that uh, we do things always the same way here. Yeah? There's always some kind of a shift or a change or some kind of little thing that's different than what we've seen before. And so I appreciate that of Pastor Dan. Hallelujah. I wanted to share this morning uh, from the word regarding uh, the fact that we have so much to be thankful to God for. And uh, he gave his one and only son. And. I, don't, I look back and knowing his character, he, he's not going to replicate or duplicate his own son. Now, we are his sons and daughters, but um, there was only one son, and he gave his son to us, to the world. And so what we want to do is we want to be able in every capacity, every way, we want to be able to give back to him. Yes, that, that's what a person, you know, in a relationship, that's what love will do. Okay, love will give something and then the other that is in love will give back and it will go back and forth. Everyone say back and forth. And so that's what a love relationship is. And so uh, we want to be able to give back. It says in Second Corinthians, chapter nine, verses six through eight, talking about giving and being generous. It says here is something to remember. This is from uh, the NIRV, the reader's version. And it says, the one who plants only a little will gather only a little. And the one who plants a lot will gather a lot. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. You shouldn't give if you don't want to. You shouldn't give because you're forced to. God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to shower all kinds of blessings on you. So in all things and at all times, you will have everything you need. You will do more and more good works, so your giving is going to release more opportunities. And so, I encourage you that when you give uh, to uh, in the offering today, uh, think about that. When you give your tithes, just remember what happens. You can never outgive God. That's a famous phrase you've heard for years and years, probably. And but it's a very true thing. You can never outgive God. You can try, it's not gonna, you, you're not going to be able to do it. <laughs> and so we give in person, you know, through the envelopes there in the back. We also give online and we give uh, through text messaging as well. And so uh, just be a person who uh, responds and who your love relationship with God stirs you to want to release and give back to him. Amen. Uh, look at your neighbor and say, give. Give, give. yeah. Now, so um, some other things that we want to share, okay, just Wednesday, okay, this Wednesday we're continuing uh, part two of um, the uh, little videos that we've been watching from Hillsdale College, and uh, this week is Abraham, Sarah, and Hagar. And then there'll be like a little discussion after that. We had a great group that came last week, and, and we're uh, continuing that. So come, be a part. It's, it was really enlightening, refreshing, seeing it from a new perspective. Okay? And so uh, without any further ado, I also want you to remember there's some marvelous things there in the back called books at our, our church library. I know some people just don't like to read, okay? And yet it's so important that we read Okay, I believe we're entering into a time, you know, maybe in, in America where we may not have any more books. Yeah, and if it gets to that point, we won't have any re- point of reference to look back on. Okay, something solid and something real. And so take advantage of the library back there. There are some books that are newer, some that are older. And, but I encourage you, okay, to read. Okay, put a book in your hand. Amen? Let Brad or not, or I know, you know, that uh, you're wanting to get one. Yes? Do we have any men's books, Do you know, the little small ones? Not that I'm aware of. The little small ones. The little small ones. No. Any, oh, yeah, any book that's small as a men's book. Yeah, we've got some men's, small. I thought you were talking about the the topic of men. I'm thinking, well, I don't know yet. Uh, but, yeah, there are some small ones back there, okay? Okay. Well, now, I don't know if they have lots of pictures in them. You know, <laughs> big print. <laughs> so, amen. Uh, well, let's, let's pray. Uh, and then we're going to have uh, the time where we're going to have baptisms. And Pastor Dan will lead that, and I will be holding this microphone for those who are being baptized, and they're going to make a confession and and, uh, speak some my wills, not meaning that they're going to get married or anything. Uh, So, uh, Father, we thank you and bless you for today. Thank you, Father, that you uh, have shown us some marvelous things, simple things, powerful things. uh, And and we just thank you that your word uh, has power behind it. And that your word is anointed. And that it goes forth and it accomplishes the things that it's been sent to do and purposed to do, Father. It will not return void to us. It will come forth. And it will help bring forth a firm foundation in our lives. We thank you, Father, that it will open doors. uh, And we thank you, Father, for the results of it. Father, I pray that uh, you bless all. Of those who have been here today. Those who couldn't Lord. We bless them as well. Father take us Lord where we need to go next. Father knowing that the message. Of this wonderful gospel. Shall be preached. To the ends of the earth. And then hallelujah. uh, The end shall come father. And so we thank you and bless you in Jesus name. Amen. We invite you to stay for a few more minutes. And Pastor Dan will be. uh, uh, Baptizing some people. Amen.
0: When you take baptism, you're saying that you trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you're making an open confession before everyone. That's the reason there's always a witness, a a group of people that can testify of it. This is an important time in your life. It's an ordinance of the church. There's only two ordinances of the church, baptism and communion. And so this is something that three people today are going to partake in. And only one thing I know that's more enthusiastic than trying to have a baptism is when a whole family comes together. And I remember back in the days when my family was all young in the Lord and all four of us got baptized the same day. Our pastor did three and I did my younger, younger one. I was fresh in ministry as of a few months. And it's just a glorious time that we get to make that presentation and I want the, uh, the people to come forward that are going to be baptized today, if you would, please. If they're not ready yet, we'll wait just a minute or two. <clears throat> this is water baptism does not save you. But water baptism is a declaration of your salvation to the Lord, to the devil, to the brothers and sisters in the church. And when you go into the water, you're going down, dying as Christ died, dying to yourself, dying to your soul, Let your soul, man, I'm giving up, dying to the old. And when they come out of the water, they're being raised to new life in Christ Jesus. You are a new creation when you are born again. You are a new creation, the Bible says. Do we want to have just a happy feeling life or do we want to be a new creation like god's intended us to be to be able to walk that out hey this is awesome so no no matter if it's one or if it's three and the, the man's ready and the women aren't is that is that right
1: i just tell my kids in class i say the girls take three minutes to go to the restroom the guys take one and a half to two it's just that way It just is.
0: (laughs) Gail, is he cutting jokes or what's he telling you? (laughs) If you haven't been baptized and you want to be baptized, we encourage you to be baptized and we'll have another baptism coming up not too long away, but it depends on you and what you think about it. Y'all come forward if you would, please. We're... We're talking about you. That's okay. Now they're in the room. So, do anybody? I want, I want all three of you to come up on the stage, if you would, please. Come on up. One, two, three. One, two, three. a dose Trace? You want to go one more step? I'm not ashamed. Backwards, Backwards up. up, there you go. I know, but you're going to need to anyway, so you, now see you're over. You don't have to step up to the water baptism. I was just sharing with the crowd that water baptism is an open display of what God's done in your heart. But when you go down into the water, you're dying to the old person, and all your sins and things are forgiven the old life is forgiven. I'm turning my back on it. And you're raised to new life in Christ Jesus when you come up out of the water. It's like Jesus' resurrection in you. And do you know, as a born again child of Jesus Christ, the power of the resurrection is alive in you. That I may know him, the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings and be made conformable to his death, the Bible says. And To be conformable to his death, one translation says to die the death he did. It's not talking about on the cross. It's talking about the Garden of Gethsemane where he said, Father, nevertheless, not my will, but your will. He gave his complete will, his complete obedience to the Father. And that's what you're saying right now. I'm going to die to me, and I'm going to live to him. Praise God. Uh, If you would uh, pass the mic and uh, let each one of them. Uh, say whatever they want to say. Amen. Benny, tell us your name and we want to know if Jesus is the Lord of your life.
1: Hey, My name is Benny um, and I believe that the Jesus is the Lord of my life.
0: Amen. Praise Amen. God.
1: Hallelujah. My name is Celeste and I believe Jesus is the Lord of my life.
0: Amen. Praise God.
1: My name is Kathy, and I know Jesus is the Lord of my life. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Bring
0: y'all. Come on over. I'm up on the side, if you would please. Who wants to be first? You, know, pass me down. Uh, just step over in it and sit right here and put your feet that way, if you would, please. And scoot up this way just a little bit more, okay? So you love Jesus, huh? Don't be so quiet about it. Do you love Jesus? Are you sure? Absolutely. Can't talk you out of it. Praise God. Praise God. Be sure to so by the authority in the name of Jesus Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Dead to life. <laughs> One down, two to go. get on in and just go to the front part there with your feet and sit down. Hallelujah, here you are. You gonna remember this day forever, never, never, never? Yes. Okay, I know you will. I love Jesus, how about you? Yeah, yeah. Yes. I love Jesus, yes I do. I love Jesus, how about you? Yes. Okay, okay. By the authority in the name of Jesus Christ, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost dead to the old, alive to the new. Hallelujah. (laughs) That's the closest I can do to one of those funny sounding things. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If you would, just your feet all the way down and then you're going to need to bend your knees, of course, as much as you can. Yep, it's going to be fine. going to be fine. Do you love Jesus? This is a special privilege. I've known this lady for over 20 years. She has stood strong in times of times of adversity. She loves the Lord. She prays. And she does whatever the Lord puts in her heart to do. Obedient. And I just... How many kids you raised? 200, 200, 300? (laughs) (laughs) Praise God, they've done a great job I tell you what, those two young people right there Are awesome, fantastic, super tremendous I can't say enough good about them, praise God And they got that somewhere, didn't they? Yeah, they sure did, praise God By the authority in the name of Jesus Christ We baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost Hallelujah Dead to the old and alive to the new <laughs> You're fine. I'm getting ready to throw Kelly in there.
1: <laughs>
0: Man, I can't I can't do that. I need him too badly. <laughs>
1: Do you want to dismiss? Amen. We've already prayed, so uh, go. (laughs) Go in the name of Jesus. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah.